It has been over a week since a 7.5 magnitude earthquake struck Turkey and Syria. The statistics are constantly evolving, and there is a lot to say about the nature of the response, both now and going forward. In this episode, we'll be giving you an inside look at the ongoing events surrounding the earthquake and help you understand how ADRA is making a difference. I'm your host, Teresa Ferreira, and this is the ADRA Insider Podcast. The earthquake last week came as a surprise. Our last episode reported on the initial facts around the disaster, but since then the statistics have been changing at a dizzying rate. We are sharing relatively up-to-date information, but as you can imagine, we can only do so much to keep up with the reality on the ground. However, the stats from just earlier this week are staggering. In Syria, 3,574 deaths have been reported, along with 5,158 injured. But if you include Turkey, the number of deaths quickly rises to 33,000. In total, 1,467 different communities have been affected, accounting for over 6 million people. 115 school buildings have been destroyed, with an additional 454 having sustained damage. The last fact is particularly of interest because schools have been one of the go-to locations to use as temporary shelter for displaced people. In fact, the number of collective shelters has increased over the last week, with about 235 now operating in Aleppo and about 50 in Latakia. These shelters have largely been opened in schools, as well as mosques, churches, and other community buildings. However, in Aleppo, authorities have determined that in some cases, there is no better option than to demolish certain buildings. While many structures remain standing after the quakes, some of them sustained enough damage to their structure to basically make them fundamentally unsafe for people. The risk of collapse with people inside is just too great, and so many buildings have been set for demolition for safety reasons. While this affects buildings like schools that might be used for collective shelters, it also has meant that some families have had to watch their homes be deliberately demolished. Again, for safety reasons. The aftermath of both the quakes and these demolitions have left many streets full of debris, which is leaving some roadways blocked. Infrastructure in general is struggling. Still in Aleppo, the municipal authorities have stopped pumping water into their water systems because the damage to their waterways runs the risk of contamination and cholera outbreaks. It has been hard to identify the parts of these waterways that need rehabilitation, which in turn has slowed down the restoration of water access. With the number of water pumping stations affected by the quake, over 30,000 individuals have been left with a severe water shortage. Right now, the most dire needs revolve around water, sanitation, and hygiene. This includes hygiene kits for women, diapers for babies, blankets, and of course drinking water. Food is also an urgent need. 
Adra has been steadily delivering food to those in need. At the Sports City Shelter in Latakia, Adra distributed 3,500 individual meals within the span of three days. About 1,359 meals have been given out in Aleppo. We have also been giving our food parcels, 425 so far, to families. Each parcel contains enough canned and dried food items for a family for about five days. There are actually two different types of food parcels, one with readily edible food for facilities with no cooking capabilities, and another with dry food items like pasta and rice for families in locations where cooking is possible. ADRA also provided a generator to Latakia's Directorate of Water Resources to help with repairs to the water network. As you can see, the situation is dire. Though the earthquake only lasted a limited time, the after-effects show just how drastically life can change in a moment. There are no comfortable, easy, clear-cut answers right now about what comes next. Aside from a lot of hard work, constant reevaluation, and a continued insistence on holding on to hope. Hey everyone, Max here. Um, just going to interrupt my friend Teresa for a moment because... It's been a while in getting this episode finished. Part of the challenge of all this is keeping up with the regularly changing statistics, as well as keeping in touch with ADRA staff on the ground, trying to coordinate with potential guests for the show, while also understanding that they're very busy and there's a lot going on, right? So at the moment, I don't have any field clips for you, but I do have some updated stats that have changed a bit since the last time, well, since the time when Teresa finished her recording. So I'm going to share some of that with you right now. Cumulatively, from the beginning of this crisis until now, ADRA has reached 14,400 people in Latakia and Aleppo. Rescue operations are not quite completely over yet, but most are in their final phases. And in fact, most foreign-based rescue teams have already left the country about, you know, after 13 days or so of emergency situation. So what now is going to take place is the longer-term response. The difficulty for people going forward is going to involve living, working, rebuilding, and rehabilitating the community in the midst of really rough conditions. In Aleppo, the civil registry departments are currently operating at about 25% capacity because the earthquake caused so much damage to their offices. What's even more remarkable is that even prior to the earthquakes, 70% of the departments that registered civil status events like births, marriages, deaths, etc. in Aleppo and rural areas around there were operating from damaged facilities. So these services were already struggling before the earthquake made things worse. I mean, you can only imagine the, the present urgency of being able to register deaths given what just happened, right? Thankfully, these departments are improvising and they've found ways to make legal services available on a mobile basis in order to serve the needs of the affected people. But the extent to which people are being affected continues to expand. For example, in some of the collective shelters where displaced people have been living, there have been outbreaks of lice and scabies. If you're like me, you might not have immediately remembered what scabies is, but it's an irritating, itchy rash that's caused by a type of burrowing mite. So, like lice, more bug-related problems. The Syrian Society for Social Development, or SSSD, reported 27 cases of scabies in one school-based shelter in Latakia. And what's alarming is just how few resources are available to prevent the spread of this kind of infestation. This is one facet of 
a larger problem. As we've already seen in previous stages of this disaster, buildings that people flocked to for safety have ended up being in some way or another unsafe. In this case, the collective shelters have not been able to ensure the highest hygiene standards for the people staying in them. And there are, of course, also the water issues that we've mentioned already, and most obviously, the problem of structural instability that has just taken longer to show itself. You know, some buildings were worse off than they might have initially seemed, and now, as people have been living in them, some of the damage is showing. And in addition to the lice and scabies, the World Health Organization has noted the following issues as some of the biggest health threats. The deterioration of psychosocial health, mental health issues malnutrition, infectious diseases like influenza, measles, and cholera, and hypothermia, the way that the cold has been affecting people and making sickness just worse. Some facilities have had damage to their electricity and power sources, making generators a much greater need. We mentioned earlier in this episode that ADRA has been giving generators to some of these facilities. As previously used shelters are deemed unsafe or unsanitary, people are becoming displaced again for a second time, which is just awful. And of course, now they're looking for a new refuge. ADRA is assessing new prospective locations to become shelters, but in some of the most promising buildings, there are still needs. Before you can use them, some places need water tanks and new plumbing to be installed. Other locations need things as simple as wooden doors to be put in in order to maintain order, structure, and privacy for families and people when they start moving into these shelters. And some places need new electrical wiring in order to have power and even just light. So there's a lot that needs to happen in order to facilitate new shelters. This week, the following activities were either beginning to be implemented or were up next on the action plan. So first, continuing assessments for potential new shelters. We are figuring out what needs to be rehabilitated in order to have new shelter facilities. Secondly, we are reviewing the BOQ, or Bill of Quantities, relating to water network rehabilitation. So in, in regular terms, we are looking over the total cost of the materials that will be needed to fix the relevant parts of water infrastructure. And once those material needs are figured out, and those prices and, and all of the costs are figured out, more tangible work on fixing the water system can get underway. Thirdly, we are continuing food distribution, giving out hundreds of meals per day and helping hundreds of families. In addition to food, we're also giving out blankets. In nine different shelter locations across Hama, we have committed to 590 blankets for 297 families. And so we are still working and still supporting the affected communities and doing our best to stay on top of the developing needs. As you can see, it's a lot to keep up with. As we said in the last episode, this situation is ongoing and there will be more updates coming along as everything unfolds. There is a lot of uncertainty, but what remains consistent is the determination of staff and volunteers at ADRA and other humanitarian agencies. There are gears turning in the background, reports and proposals and notes waiting to be approved. All these factors will shape the next phase of the emergency response. Once again, we urge you to help us spread the word about this situation. Share this podcast with others and help us to create more awareness and drive more donations toward this crucial and urgent response. Follow the links provided in the show notes if you feel inclined to donate, and please continue to pray for all the survivors, victims, and responders involved. 
We may not have full episodes dedicated to the next developments in Syria and Turkey, but we will try to include relevant details as announcements in future episodes. The unfortunate reality is that this situation is only one of many happening in our world right now. But that is once again part of the experience of being an Adra insider. So much of the world's pain is top of mind all the time. It takes a certain amount of determination, focus, and faith to continue pushing forward. And push forward we will. Thank you for tuning into this episode. As always, our mission at ADRA is to serve humanity that all may live as God intended. This is your host, Teresa Ferreira, signing off. I send blessings to each one of you, and I thank you for your donation.